Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we welcome Richa Gupta, founder of both Good Food for Good and Turmeric Teas. Growing up in India, Richa was used to eating fresh, home-cooked food, but as a marketing executive and mom, she found it challenging to find prepared shortcuts that met her expectations in terms of ingredients and taste. She grew frustrated with all the compromises she was expected to make for convenience. Driven to make a difference through food, Richa launched Good Food for Good in late 2013. This was also how she found her true purpose, which she explains in this episode. She started Good Food for Good with a buy one, feed one model and has proudly fed over 225,000 people to date and made a positive difference by donating over 225,000 meals. Rich's ardent belief in the power of real whole food and love for cooking delicious food made it easy for her to develop products loaded with nutrients, whole foods, and a delightful flavor, making it easy for people to live healthier lives. She is actively working on reaching her goal of feeding 1 million people by the end of 2020. Good Food for Good is a certified B Corp, and all products are made with organic ingredients free of gluten, soy, corn, refined sugars, preservatives, and any other ingredients that you wouldn't add to yourself if you were cooking for yourself. Similarly, her other company, Turmeric Teas, is also certified organic and supports the Buy One, Feed One program. The mission of Turmeric Teas is to make it easy for everyone to enjoy the healing benefits of turmeric. Drawing on the wisdom of Ayurveda, Turmeric Teas is inspired by the rhythms of nature and the therapeutic gifts of the extraordinary root, which has been a fixture in Indian cooking. On this episode, we really dive into the importance of ingredients, falling back in love with preparing your own food, getting back to the basics with food and nutrition, inflammation, and so much more. We really love this conversation and hope you enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean, aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands, and each and every time I was plagued with those red, itchy bumps under my arm, on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test, even after some of LA's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. 
Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy boosting treat to a health enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee. And even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout. And there's also a direct link in our show notes. Well, thank you, Richa, so much for joining us today. We're so excited to speak with you. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for reaching out. Yes. So um, to start off, can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your personal background and your story into how you've gotten into the work that you currently do? Um, sure. So right now, I'm the founder of Good Food for Good. Uh, we are... Um, registered B Corp on a mission to make it easy for people to eat well and do good. It's a purpose-driven organization. Um, And I got here after ignoring my calling for over, I would say, 15 years. Um, So when I started my my journey into work life, like, you know, into adulthood, I should say, um, I was all about fashion. I worked in fashion. Um, and I met these artisans, one of the, in, in my very first job, who, you know, who were supposed to do all this needlework and make things look very pretty. But then when I actually went to their workshop, I was shocked in the condition that they were living and working in. Something in me moved that day. Um, I just wanted to do something to help them. But I was in my late teens. I really didn't know what I should be doing. And I was also still, um, you know, dreaming about the career that I had imagined for, you know, five years building up to 19 that I wanted to be a designer and do that. So I really shoved that feeling away and continued climbing the ladder. Um, I think I was 25 when I moved to North America, I worked, continued working in fashion. Um, and then, um, that feeling crawled back in again that I need to do something. I need to do something more. This is not making me happy. Uh, being here, becoming a buyer in, you know, in a fashion house is, is, is not satisfying me anymore. So I left that. I did my MBA um, and I joined a food company. I was actually working at General Mills in marketing and I convinced myself that at least when I do food, I am touching so many lives. If I make a difference in food, I would curb this feeling right like this 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 thing that claws in you all the time so first year was fine i was learning so much i maybe i just ignored it was there but i ignored but the but after my first year got over that feeling came back in again and this time i was completely lost because i actually thought i took the action and i'm doing something that i thought would make me happy Uh, but it wasn't i was finding so much about processed food i was finding how it's making us unhealthier versus healthier and how I was actually contributing to in a way to the bad side of things. And that just kept gnawing at me. It was golden handcuffs. It was very hard to break through, break through. Uh, But eventually I did when this idea came across that um, I could create something that not only made a difference in my plate. And at that time I was a young mom too, trying to feed my family Uh, real food in the 20 minutes that I got before she went to bed. Uh, (laughs) um, So so when this idea clicked that, hey, maybe I can make something that not only made a difference in my life, but also helped someone in need, I was just, I felt absolutely in love. I had not felt that excitement, that passion, and that fire in me in years. So, So I had to give it a try. So I jumped in with both feet and haven't looked back. I love your story so much. And I'm sure so many people listening can either relate or might be going through that process, right? Where you're in it and you have this dream or passion or career that you work towards, but there's some inkling inside of you that that's telling you 
it's, it's not right or there's more. Um, and so just before we get into, you know, the two companies that you have created and, and so much good comes out of now, how did you first take that step, right? To go kind of against the path that you were on and, and take that courageous step to, you know, aligning with what your true mission was. I think by, by the time I got this idea, I was so uh, depressed doing what I was doing. This light gave me hope, Mm -hmm. right? When this idea came through and it made me feel good inside I just had to give it a try. And I knew in my heart, like, you know, worst come to worst, if it fails, I will go find another job, (laughs) right? I am educated enough. I've done my MBA. I am a qualified person. I'm not going to be down on streets, right? If I don't try it now, then when, right? So I chose to take that risk. But to be honest, it was, if I wouldn't have been that um, depressed doing what I was doing, I don't think I would have taken this chance. So, so it's almost that analogy of when you are, um, going through transition, um, it's like how butterfly goes, right? It, the caterpillar doesn't know, or when it's in the cocoon, what's going to come next. So it's the same feeling you are in the dark, um, and you feel, you don't know where it's going to end, but when you reach there, it's beautiful. And it's, it makes you more happy than anything else. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And before we go, I want to talk a little bit about that transition a little bit more, but before we do that, why don't we tell our listeners about the two companies that you now have, um, a little bit about them and then a little bit about your mission behind them as well. Totally. Um, so good food for good is, um, uh, is the mother company. It's the mothership. Um, and, um, the, the name pretty much says what the company is all about. It's about good food for you and food for someone else in need. Um, and we are a registered B Corp. Our mission is to make it easy for people to eat well and do good. At this point, our product line is a line of table sauces and cooking sauces that are all organic all real food ingredients, wherever there is a sweetener required, we use dates um, and, um, and they're all Whole30 approved, paleo, keto, like they fall under all the diets. Even though that's not how I started the company. For me, the mission was to make it easy for the next generation to eat healthy, right? For our children um, to eat food that's real and wholesome and you know, stuff that I grew up with in India. Um, but, uh, but happy that all these diets also, you know, have given their stamp of approval to it. So if people follow that, that works. Um, and, uh, um, I think two years after good food for good, I launched a brand called turmeric teas. Um, uh, we have a line of organic loose leaf teas, um, that all have, uh, turmeric and black pepper in them. They're, uh, they're just four blends. Um, designed for different uh, needs of your body and they're all Ayurvedic inspired. So there is Dawn, which is more of an energizing morning blend. A Dusk is a calming blend. Summer is a cooling blend and winter is a warming blend. So all combination of spices based on what's good at what time of your body needs to. And it, that started because I met so many people who wanted to take turmeric uh, but the, the, the color the, that it leaves, the stains that it leaves, and the taste was the thing that was holding them back. And growing up in India, my mom always made me a cup of tea with different spices, depending on what ailment I was going through. So whether it was a headache or a stomachache or whatever it might be, <laughs> she had a tea for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, if if I was able to heal myself through those, maybe I can pass on that uh, knowledge and allow people to enjoy all these herbs and spices and the benefits of them, you know, in a simple cup of tea, uh, while also giving back to the world. So coming back to the for good part of Good Food for Good, uh, we are a buy one, feed one venture. So every time you buy a product, we feed a person in need. We've fed over 300,000 people to date, um, through our local and global giving partners. So we have partners in US, Canada, and India. 
Um, and uh, we plan to donate over a million by the end of this year. I'm super excited. Wow. Out of all. Yeah. And now more than ever, you know, we, I think one of the effects of living through COVID and, and having it be a global pandemic is that people are realizing just how, um, how big of an issue hunger is, even in our own backyards. You know, Erica and I, part of, as we started this podcast and dove into the quote unquote wellness world, especially in Los Angeles, we realized what disparity there was even in our own backyard. And it's something that's really hard to ignore once you, once you become aware of it. And I think it's been easy for certain communities up until now to ignore it because if it doesn't affect you, oftentimes you don't have to understand that it's like real, but it is real. And in fact, it's not even always a far off place. It's on our own corner. And so, and even working, we did some work with the West Side Food Bank. I was floored, which is only only covers 70 agencies in on the west side of Los Angeles County, which is about a million people and is the population of a, over a million, just over a million, and 10%, so over 100,000 people in one of the probably wealthiest areas in the, um, in the county, at least, are food insecure, like 110,000 people. And those numbers just sort of floored us when we realized, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Um, and it is in our own backyard and to understand that, but on a global scale as well now with, I think this, um, coming out of, we're not coming out of, we're still very much in this, this pandemic, we're seeing come out of it, awareness of the food insecurity, um, and hunger issues all around the globe. Totally. And to be honest, I chose LA food banks after my trips to LA when I saw the downtown LA yeah. and the 10 cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to one of the local people there and um, uh, he told me why this problem exists in LA. Do you know about the, We've the, been... the trip to LA, one, one way ticket to LA? Oh, I don't know about that story. I know about the, um, I mean, the cost of housing is so like astronomical here that Genevieve, who runs the West Side Food Bank, she was saying that oftentimes um, if people aren't given food, it can easily lead to being displaced, like being houseless, basically. Yeah. But uh, do you want to tell us the the one-way ticket? I'm curious (laughs) about what that is. I might get some facts wrong, some things wrong. Um, That's okay. But um, so after the World War II, um, many uh, states, um, so a lot of, a lot of uh, veterans had uh, mental um, uh, issues after that because of what they witnessed, right? right. Um, so their funding, so the federal funding to keep them in the facilities was taken away. So a lot of those institutes gave one-way ticket to these people to go to LA because the weather was good if that, at least if somewhere they can survive on the road or Mm -hmm. streets would be LA. Yeah. And that's how it started. Um, And then I guess every, like, true, like weather is nice out of like the whole country. Right. (laughs) <laughs> LA is a great yeah. place. <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, we're definitely taking a tangent, but LA does have the largest homeless population yeah. in the United States. And so many of them are veterans, which is yeah. so sad. And um, yeah. And so again, more reason <laughs> for the work that you do, right? When you, and people who are supporting and buying your product are getting delicious, healthy, good for you food. So it's kind of a no brainer to do this. Right. Um, and there was something you mentioned too, that I, I, that when you mentioned, right, your whole 30 approved and you know, you have all these like great healthy approvals, but, um, I think sometimes too, there's, there's like movements happening with, um, almost like anti-diets because, you know, again, there's so much to unpack, right? It's like food insecurity, but then also like just how, you know, women's bodies specifically have been told you have to look a certain way or be a certain size. 
but there is a biological and health um, component, right, to what we put in our bodies, especially, right, when we have all this added sugar and just stuff that isn't good for us. So maybe you can talk to about the importance of the ingredients, um, especially in your sauces. And we can talk about your turmeric teas as well, because I know Ali and I have so many questions about turmeric and all of those great benefits. But yeah, I think aside, right, from diet culture or, you know, whatever, however anyone chooses to eat, there is real science behind what we put in our bodies. And so maybe you can talk about how that comes into play with your ingredients as well. Totally. Um, so again, as I said, when I started it, the goal was to make things with wholesome, real food, right? That's the food that I grew up with. And the reason why I wanted that was because our body still, the nature hasn't changed. I know our desire to have instant gratification is, you know, it just keeps speeding up, but the tree still takes the same amount of time to grow. When we conceive, it still takes nine months for the baby to come out. It's not coming out any faster. Um, and it's the same thing when we put something in the mouth, it takes the same amount of time to go through our system and our system needs the same amount of time that it needed a thousand years ago to digest it, to process it, to get the benefits of what you're putting. And to me, food is fuel. And I think to all of us, food should be the fuel. Like that's the only thing, water, food, air. These are the only things we are surviving on. Everything else is extra. We don't need it right? Um, And to me, the fact that we are consuming so much crap to be, to be, you know, just one word for everything that's not food, um, that we are shocking in a way our system, our, our, our machinery that was designed to run on the whole real wholesome food, um, you know, which takes its own time to digest and our body knows like becoming a mother taught me on how smart our bodies are right if my body can produce milk from nothing when i (laughs) right and that milk can provide full nutrition to my baby and it's all manufactured inside i didn't have to take any pills i didn't have to do anything it's just real food it makes sure that it mixes it all up. I don't know what it does, produces it, and we're good to go, right? It just teaches how good this machinery is if we fuel it well, right? If we drink enough water, if we eat real food. So for me, that was the focus, to keep it real. My second focus was to make sure I encourage people to cook at home because cooking is so important to eating right. Cooking is so important for our digestion to work right. And if our digestion doesn't work right, nothing works right. That's the center of the universe, right? Of our universe, right? Um, And uh, so many people don't realize this. Like I I try and give this analogy and I was talking to someone this morning about it too. Like threat, when we see something that is even far, our body starts preparing ourselves for what are we going to do next? It's the same thing with food. When you start chopping your vegetables, cooking them, your stomach is producing acids because it knows because your eyes are sending message to your brain, hey, something's coming. And it tells it to your stomach that, hey, come on, produce acid so we can digest that food and send it to your guts. And then guts, your bacteria there can do its work and you know, gut can absorb whatever nutrients it needs to absorb and then go down the drain. Right. But uh, if when we don't do that and we just microwave and quickly consume in like five minutes, food's gone, your stomach is still not ready to be able to do all the work that it needs to do. And then your gut is not ready to do all the work it needs to do. And then that's how the, the problems, problems grow. It's very simple. It's just how we humans or our body is designed. Even when you're going to do um, um, public speaking, right? Like even before you get to the stage, your heart starts beating faster and faster and faster. It's almost coming out of your mouth, goes that fast. But uh, it's preparing you, right? It's giving you that rush to become alert, to be ready. That's how our bodies prepare ourselves to do everything. 
I don't know when it comes to food, why we become, that's the least important thing. Preparing our own food is like the least important thing and we should just outsource it completely. Yeah. <laughs> I like your, I like your explanation of that because, you know, Dr. Mark Hyman, I love how he talks about, we need to fall in love. Like as a culture, we need to fall in love with cooking again. That's like a key component to creating healthier lives. Right. And right. You've, you've basically like, it's been completely outsourced, like you've said. Um, so, but I love your explanation because it's something that we don't even think about that kind of natural process that happens with your eyes and your salivary glands and your stomach acid and all the things that happens as a part of the timing of preparing something and real ingredients. I think that's another thing that you touch on, which I'm really passionate about. It's not about for me, like eating dogmatically in one way. It's about what is food and what is not food. And I mm -hmm. think we've started to confuse that because we consider a whole slew of things like in the crap category as food. But when you look at it, it's not actually food. It's processed and manufactured to hit a bliss point, right? Like in our brains exactly. and um, keep us addicted without, without, feeling satiated. And so it's, it's scientific in that way. I mean, there's a real response that happens, but it doesn't nourish in the way that things that come from the earth. Exactly. Do, right. So I just like your explanation of that process. Cause I don't think we even slow down to think about it in that way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, totally. And I, I grew up with that too, right? My mom would always tell me, um, like I grew up in, in India, Ayurveda was a part of our daily lives. Like there were things that my mom would say about, you should always sit and eat, right? Like mm -hmm. take your time to like spend time eating all those things that at that time we wanted when I was young, I wanted to be everything that I saw in Hollywood, right? Like things have to be fast and, you yeah. know, do this, the, the, you know, the way the anti, it's like all kids rebel, right? I was a very rebellious child. And then when I became, I, I came uh, to North America and I got those responsibilities as a house, um, you know, I, ha I am responsible now for my life. And then I became responsible for my child's life. All those things start coming back to me as, hey, you know, those were, that was good stuff yeah. <laughs> that I missed off. <laughs> because I was just trying to be rebellious, but it's, it's so simple. I tell you, I think it's the, it's somehow our, um, our priorities have been so messed up with the way our system works. Um, we go for, we want easier fixes for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, we are, don't want to work hard for the only body or only vessel that we are born with. Um, back in the day when people didn't die of diabetes and heart diseases, they were farmers. They used to work to grow that food and then they would grind flour and then they would make bread and then they would eat that bread. Yeah. <laughs> now we just sit and eat that bread. Right. <laughs> so... So it's um, that we've, yeah, we've come so far away and our, our priorities have changed so much. We are ready, like we, we pay more to put things on our body uh, than put things inside our body. Mm. What we put inside our body is all for us. What we put on our body is more for others to see and judge us. Yeah. It's just a whole paradigm shift, right? On what's important and what's not. Um, and it's just yeah. bringing the, the priority back a little bit to what matters. And I think COVID is kind of doing that. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about a wellness brand that we really love. It's called Ned. In 2019, we had co-founder Adrian Zimmerman on the podcast, and he shared all about Ned's commitment to providing the absolute best science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer holistic alternatives to prescription and over-the-counter medicine. Ned only grows the highest quality full-spectrum CBD that is extracted from organically grown hemp plants and sourced from an independent farm in Colorado. All products are absolutely non-psychotropic. 
My favorite is Ned's Natural Cycle Collection, made for women by women for period support. I particularly love the Ned Soothe Salve, made with hemp oil and specially created to help soothe premenstrual discomfort so you can feel your best. The Natural Cycle Collection is slow crafted from seed to bottle and contains anti-inflammatories, balancing minerals, healing antioxidants, nourishing fatty acids, and revitalizing vitamins. Erica, what is your favorite Ned product? Well, I have to say that my favorite is the full spectrum hemp oil line. When I consistently take it, I notice a huge difference in my anxiety, sleep, and general mood. So I have made it part of my daily self-care routine. Every day I use the 750 milligram tincture and do two droplets under my tongue in the morning and in the evening. I also love applying the hemp infused body butter to my neck and shoulders before bed as I am winding down and always use my tincture as an alternative to any pain medication if I get hit with a headache. If you want to try out Ned and give their CBD a try for yourself, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Go to www.helloned.com slash podcast. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D slash CW podcast to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. We know you're going to love it. You can also find the direct link in our show notes and check out their full line of wellness products. Now back to the episode. We've been forced, right, to slow down, um, to cook, even if we haven't cooked and to just really, I think, absolutely re prioritize and especially, right, um, the underlying conditions that COVID disproportionately attacks, right? A lot of that is diabetes, right? And illnesses that are preventable illnesses, right? And it all goes back, you know, that's why food really is like our biggest weapon against everything. And it is, it's so, it's, it's such a shame And it just, it makes me so sad how complicated it's become because it is so simple, right? And it's generational and it's ancestral, right? Like these ways of eating that should be normal just have become not normal. And Ali always says, right? It's like we're human beings, not human doings. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But it's like by being human doings, we just grab things really quickly. We don't chew. We don't. And actually chewing is such an important part of digestion. Everything that you just described, right, is so important to the steps of digestion and telling our guts, like you said, like, hey, this is happening. And we skip that. I remember when I first heard about how important chewing was, I was like, I don't, I don't chew. (laughs) Don't do it. Um, Yeah. So it's amazing. And then, but again, but because we are busy and people can't make their I mean, they could, but it's very hard to make your, or not hard, it's time, it's more time intensive to make your own ketchups and sauces mm-hmm. at home, which is why it is important to find companies like yours that are doing good. And, you know, so if you are going to, you know, make something at home and you want a delicious sauce, you can trust, right, that you're not having that crap and that, you know, bad for you Franken food inside of it. So, yeah, I think it is really amazing what, your product does for people and then going a step further and giving back to the community is just truly like what every company should be doing. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And can you, I think we've touched on this on the podcast before, but you know, we have so many different listeners who sort of do topic specific listening because we cover such an array of topics. Um, can you touch on what a B Corp is for anybody listening who may not know um, what sort of guidelines you need to follow in order to be a B Corp? Sounds good. It's actually, um, I think it's a 100 step process. Okay. Um, but overall, uh, B Corp is a registration, pretty much. It's a, um, and B Corp is a nonprofit organization. Um, what they try and do is um, they have a guideline encouraging companies to not just, so it's, it's, it's again, it's a, like a triple bottom line, but more detailed. So it's not just about the food, the ingredients, and not just about your CSR initiatives. It's also about what you do for your employees. How do you treat your supply chain? Um, how do you treat the customers? Like the whole, uh, they look at the whole, uh, every stakeholder involved and how 
everyone is treated fairly in this process. So to get that registration, you have to like fill a lot of forms, show a lot of progress that you've made on each level um, and, um, and then take it from there. So we, you know, we had to go through that uh, and they guide you and then you have to um, commit to a certain things. If you are not there, let's say we don't have certain programs in place for, for our employees, uh, then we commit to getting those programs happening by a certain time. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's like, it's an, it makes you accountable. So you're not just, uh, you know, giving lip service on, yes, you know, we are going to do this and we're going to do that. You are actually doing it because they will hold you accountable for, for, for that. Could you imagine if every corporation had to meet the B Corp guidelines? What kind of world would we live in? <laughs> the world, that's the world we should be living in, truthfully. Yeah. I think oh that God. hopefully is the great awakening that's going to happen, you know, in our I, lifetime. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, more and, when more and more people will start demanding, I think it, it's in consumers' hands to be honest, like mm -hmm. if then they vote with their, when they vote with their wallets, mm -hmm. they tell companies on what they want to see, what change they want to see. And they have a lot of power. I mean, when they, I say they, I think we all have a lot of power. We just need to exercise it in the right way. Yeah. Oh, yes. right in the right direction. And understand it. I think, I think that's really spot on. And is that even recently I've been waking up to how much you know, it doesn't often feel like as an individual that you can make a difference, but if enough people collectively vote with their wallet or, you know, take those steps, I mean, it changes the demand Yeah, and things are going to have to adjust accordingly. Well, it, it's, it's so fascinating because if you go to any grocery store now, even like packaged processed, not good for you foods, it's like keto, paleo, you know, it's, it's, it's we're driving the market, right? Like yeah. where we're spending our money is driving the market and we have a responsibility there. And I, I do think um, we're awakening to it right now, especially I think that's why COVID has been so horrible and just devastating to so many lives. But I think the good that hopefully will come out of it is more of a collective consciousness, you know, to everything. Um, and <laughs> how important it is too, as we're talking about, take our health into our own hands. And that kind of takes me into your other company as well, the turmeric teas, because turmeric is a superfood and it is a superpower. And you mentioned um, to like the Ayurvedic influence. So maybe you could talk to us a little bit about what are the benefits of turmeric and yeah, maybe we can start there. For sure. So turmeric is an anti-inflammatory um, above everything else. Like it is antioxidants and a lot of other things, but it is um, antibacterial and anti-inflammatory. And inflammation to a certain extent is actually good for our bodies. It's our body's defense. However, because of the environmental factors, because of what we eat, um, because of what we do, um, we get into chronic chronic inflammation, which is which causes a lot of things, which is an underlying cause actually for a lot of diseases, right? Um, so sugar too, sugar is a, a pro-inflammatory, if I'm using the right word. So, so sugar induces inflammation, chronic inflammation. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so pretty much both our product lines help with sugar and processed food, like there's so much that, but sugar and processed food are like two biggest and um, when it comes to causing inflammation in your body. So that combined with spices, like turmeric is not alone in that anti-inflammatory spice category. Ginger does that too. And ginger is a more delicious cousin of turmeric. <laughs> uh, and that's why a lot more cultures have used ginger in the past in their cooking. Um, and in Indian culture too, when we use turmeric, we don't use it in a way so we have to taste it. It's like one of the many spices. So you don't taste it <laughs> because it's not inherently the best tasting spice. And there are many 
spices in the world or there are many things in the world and that's the reason they're they're called spices and herbs because they're not they're meant to add a little bit of flavor like even rosemary right if you put a lot of rosemary the food is just completely spoiled you wouldn't be able to eat it right so there is a reason why they're called spices and herbs they're supposed to be used in small quantities and small quantities often to gain the benefit of those right um, so with the, with turmeric teas, the idea was to, if people are now waking, waking up or people are now finding out about turmeric, how can I use the knowledge or use the experience that I had in my life, um, to create something for them so that they can enjoy the benefits of turmeric without, um, or turmeric and other spices, I should say, spices and herbs, you know, without the stains, because and in my personal experience, I've seen anything that requires too much effort or anything that does not taste good never becomes a lifestyle. So that's like, that's like the, the baseline. <laughs> I will try it, but it will not become my lifestyle. Like I have Moringa lying in my fridge, the powder Moringa for two years. <laughs> I've now started adding it to my food because that's the only way I can consume it. If it's mixed in, it's in my cabinet. I put it in a smoothie. That's probably about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there are things that if you don't make it part of, and especially if you want more and more people to accept it, you have to make it taste good and you have to make it easy. If it's not easy and if it doesn't taste good, then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love what you too, right? Like you talked about how turmeric is anti-inflammatory and that's why it's so good for us, especially in the lives we live. But I love how you talked about too, like inflammation isn't right inherently bad. It's our body trying to protect ourselves. As you said that, I'm just like going to like nerd out and get like a little airy fairy about like how amazing are our bodies? Like truly, right? Like obviously too much inflammation and because of the way we eat and the sugar and the diets and like, you know, dishonoring our body is, you know, we get sick from things Mm -hmm. like inflammation and chronic illness. But it's like you said, it's like, it's actually meant like our body is trying to protect us. But what we're doing is putting in these foreign Franken foods into our body that we evolutionarily like can't handle in the quantities we're eating them. And then our body attacks itself. And it's just it it just, as you said that I was like, wow, it's so sad, like where we've gotten as a society because our bodies are just the most brilliant, like computers in the whole wide world who know what to do and want to do it. Like our bodies want to keep us alive. And, you know, my relationship with food really started to change when I started thinking of my body in that way as like all these cells and, you know, trillions of bacteria who just want me to survive. And what choices am I going to make? Are we all going to make to fuel that? So, you know, when my body, you know, is going to be inflammatory, it's, it's to help me not to hurt me. So it's just so interesting. And I personally love turmeric (laughs) just to continue. You like the taste? (laughs) I do. I really like turmeric and, um, but it does, it does leave like an orange when I cook with it. It's like everything is orange, (laughs) but, but I, I really like it. And I've, I've read, um, in many studies that in India, people, they're, inflammation levels are lower because like you said, it's not just about, you know, having one dish with turmeric, you know, once or twice a year. It's that consistency that you use it in your food and in your diet, which I think is incredible. Totally. I'm I'm curious how you guys, you know, pick the organizations that you ultimately work with in um in donating meals. How, how does that process, what does that process look like? Um, and so every time, you know, a product is purchased, how does that work? I'm curious. <laughs> it's, it's actually very simple. It's because it's a simple math, right? Okay. Instead of doing the percentage of profit, which mm-hmm. a small company, I don't know when they actually make profit. You know, yeah. Even the big companies like Beyond Meat has not made profit after being like millions and millions of dollars in sale. So when people say, you know, X percentage of their profit goes to something, I was like, I don't know when that's going to happen. So I'm just going to make, if I sell one, I just feed one and I'll figure out how the, how it is going to work. Mm -hmm. So, so initially when I started working with, I was very, very picky about which organizations 
Um, and I wanted an organization that also believed in fresh, real, wholesome food versus giving, um, you know, just processed food to people. Now I understand the importance of both. But when I started it, I was just very idealistic. I wanted everything local, everything organic, everything this. And I realized that it doesn't work. So I had to make some compromises, which are, you know, all good, all for good. Like in long term, they help everyone. So our first organization that we picked was Akshay Patra Foundation. It's a complicated name, uh, but they are based in India. They are actually world's biggest um, school meal um, kind of an organization. And they serve 1.4 million children every day. Wow. And they make Incredible. fresh food. So we went, when we went to visit them, so now we, uh, we have adopted a school and all those school kids are fed through the program. Um, but what, how it works is they would cook in the morning. Uh, at 6 a.m., the whole shift starts between 6 and 11, 11.30. They have smaller kitchens all around the country. Mm-hmm. They would cook in the morning. They would take the food to the school, serve these children fresh wholesome like real food that they grew up eating so the food also that they serve is regionally so i don't know if you guys know in india food varies a lot by region um so in southern india they eat more rice and lentil stews in north they eat more like bread with different vegetable stews and stuff like that and flavors are different so they serve them the food that that region is used to eating so when you eat that your body just you know, because food is a lot more, it is nourishment, but it is more than nourishment too, right? It gives us Absolutely. joy, right? <laughs> right? It connect, right? It connects us to our culture. It has, it has a lot to it. Um, and, uh, and I was just blown away by that. So I had to partner with them. So they are um, our oldest partner, I would say. Um, then we partnered with Food Bags Canada because I couldn't find any organization in Canada that is doing anything similar to what they were doing. And I really wanted to have a local partner. Then Food Banks Canada came to be. And LA happened because I visited LA and I saw, and I was like, I have to do something about it. And that's how LA Food Banks became our first partner in the US. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you from these Los Angelinos. You're helping. So anytime anyone even in Los Angeles buys some of your products, it helps feed even our local community, which is amazing. On top of the fact that it's global too, which is just as important. Um, Awesome. Well, you know, I'm curious. So as we start to wrap up, we ask all of our guests a couple questions and I'm curious what um, your self-care on a daily basis looks like? You know, you are uh, the founder and run this company that has a big mission and you have, you know, two different product lines. I'm just curious, how do you take care of yourself? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually very easy, easy peasy. I'm not, I don't have a, you know, I read about all these people and their morning schedules and this all I do is I make sure I drink a lot of water all day long. Um, I uh, recently got a pup who's really helping me waking up early and going for a walk. So that works out really well. Um, and I just eat healthy and I cook. I mm-hmm. Cooking is my meditation. Um, when I'm cook, cooking, I'm present. I'm there. And to me, I'm just happy right I'm content so I really don't have to you know take myself out to to decompress you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, I'm happy doing what I'm doing it's it's almost like to me it's creating something to me it's an art um, to me you would never ask an artist hey how do you you know do you get stressed out doing this work <laughs> that you're doing I think entrepreneurship is in a way like that, unless, so we are a self-funded company. We are bootstrapped. Um, I don't have pressures from, um, you know, VCs or investors expecting us to get to a certain level in a certain time. So I don't have to answer to anyone. I am answering to my customers. They are my investors. Um, And I enjoy it so much. I just, I thoroughly 
I never feel, I seriously, I don't feel stressed. I mean, there, there might be sometimes, you know, something happened, but it, it would be like short lived, right? It's not, I wouldn't call it stress. Like I've been through stress, so I know what it feels like, but it's nothing has, nothing, nothing at, in last five years since I started the business, anything has happened that has um, made me think about, I need to have, you know, a self-care routine. I go for walks. I hang out with my daughter, my husband, my puppy, my backyard. Yeah. It's just all simple, good things. I love that. Yeah. You're, you're living your mission. And I think when you're living in like in your purpose and on purpose, it just, everything flows differently, even in the stressful moments. So I think that's great that you're, you're there. Um, And then the last question that we ask all of our guests is, do you have a book that you would recommend to our audience um, that has been inspirational to you along the journey or that you've just really enjoyed and love and would like to share? Totally. Um, So I know when I, before I started the company, I read uh, Start Something That Matters by Blake. Um, that was really like, I, I'm, I was a fan of Tom's even before he wrote that book. Um, and just reading through that book, I was really inspired to do this, uh, what I, what I've been able to do till date. And, um, I also like, like, like you all's 21 lessons for the 21st century. Um, another book recommendation, if people are looking for those two books, I like books that make me think, um, and I found in the ones that I've read, um, those two hit the spot. Thank you. And if anyone wants to find about, out about you guys online or buy the products, where can they find you? So in LA region, Erwan um, is Lawson's in Los Angeles or mm-hmm. is it San Diego? Lawson's um, and many other smaller independent stores. Uh, you can find the whole store list at goodfoodforgood.ca and you can buy turmeric teas at turmericteas.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness. Courageous Wellness.